This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Dan Favalli. Remember to search Blue Wire Buckets in iTunes or Spotify for more NBA content. Hey, hi, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another emergency-ish episode of the Hardwood Knox podcast. There was a trade in the NBA. Russell Westbrook is now a member of the Houston Rockets, and Chris Paul, for now at least, is a member of the OKC Thunder. We will be diving into that as soon as we get these traditional housekeeping notes out of the way. I'm joined by Mo DeKeel this time. Andy is not with us. Follow Mo on Twitter at Modakil underscore MBA. That's at M O D A K H I L underscore MBA. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Favalli, F A V A L E. Andy is at Andrew D. Bailey. The show, of course, is at Hardwood Knox. And speaking of the show, please continue rating, reviewing, and subscribing to us on iTunes. The numbers have sort of tapered off, the written reviews have sort of tapered off. We'd love to see those continue going up. We can also be found wherever else. You're getting your podcast, but iTunes is still the most awesomest way to let us know that you are out there and that you are listening. And finally, if you're not following Blue Wire on Twitter, they are at Blue Wire Pods. The network is fantastic. We have a ton of content being pumped out over there. And for anyone who doesn't know yet, I've got pretty uh, heavy control over the Blue Wire Pods Twitter account officially. So I've been doing social media stuff. Uh, for us as well. So that should make you want to follow it even more, potentially less, but as a favor, please follow it even more at Blue Wire Pods. With all of that out of the way, Mo, how how are you doing in this new world order where Russell Westbrook and James Harden are reunited and, and it feels so very, very awkward? Yeah, it's a good way to put it there, Dan. Uh, I had just gotten back from Vegas, so I apologize if my voice is a bit scratchy. That tends to happen when you're in... Uh... Las Vegas. What a flex. Sorry, I was just partying in Vegas with all these NBA execs, and my voice might be a little blown out. Yeah, no, that was totally my purpose. Uh, I was going to do some name drops, but I think I'll I'll, I'll choose to leave them out. Uh, the uh, I'm good, man, but this is a whole new deal we got going now. Yeah, so the terms, before you get to dig deep into it, is um, OKC is sending Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for... Chris Paul, first round picks that are top four protected in 2024 and 2026, and then pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. And just for anyone keeping score at home now, the Thunder have eight additional first round picks that aren't their own through 2026, plus four first round pick swaps. Just look, I we tend to romanticize picks. But my one comment on this is that's just a wild asset base. But what were your – you told me the story of how you found out about this trade just was hysterical. Twitter crashed. 
No one was getting their Woolwich notifications, I don't think. Uh, what was your reaction upon finding out that this was the deal? So real quick, like I decided I just flew back this morning. I'm really exhausted. I decided I'm, I'm not doing anything today. I'm going to veg out, watch Stranger Things uh, on Netflix. And I get a random call from a radio station in Hawaii. They leave a voicemail. I, I go back to listen to the voicemail and they're like, hey, we want to know if you can come on the show uh, and talk about the Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul trade. And I'm just, wait, what? Kind of thing. And, 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 and start. And I was like, the, the whole thing was like, I'm not going to be on my computer today. I'm not going to, I'm going to kind of lay off Twitter today. And next thing you know, I'm scrambling for everything I can to, to find out whatever news I can. I go to ESPN on the TV show and it, the TV and it's uh, baseball. I go to ESPN news and it's not what I want. You know, I, I finally get the summer league game and they're talking about it a bit. And I was just like, this is fascinating. It's, it's it's really a bonkers trade when you think about it. I mean, bad contract for bad contract kind of thing. Um, I think one thing's pretty clear is, and I think uh, 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 McMahon, Tim McMahon from ESPN tweeted it. You know, Harden pushed for this, and I think that that says a lot of Harden just saying like, "Yo, CP's got to go." Um, because I don't really like this. Actually, no, I hate this trade for for Houston. How do you feel about it, Dan? I think I'm right there with you. It's Look, like you said, both the contracts are bad. Chris Paul is older, but Russell Westbrook is owed $171 million over the next four years. Chris Paul is at $124 million over the next three. And I think functionally, he's a better fit beside James Harden. I don't know if the value that you're getting here is Westbrook is at this point of his career more durable. I know he's had knee issues in the past, but that's what you're banking on. And James Harden wants to actually play with him, it seems, which is the other thing here is that everyone who is yelling at other people, telling them to downplay the Chris Paul, James Harden rumors. I've just, I mean, don't believe anything that comes out of anyone's mouth in these rebukes anymore because James Harden was in full support of this trade. That was per Tim McMahon of, of ESPN. So I don't like the fit between Harden and Westbrook. I think in a vacuum, you can very much argue that Westbrook is the better player right now. Again, he's younger. I think you can count on him to carry a, a heavier workload. But how do you see this working, again, functionally, between Westbrook and James Harden on the court? I mean, it, it really depends on how you look at it. If you think, listen, Westbrook's never going to be a good shooter. That I mean, he's in his 11th year, and if I hear somebody go like, oh, well, he's in the gym really working on it, I'm like, now? Now we're working on it in your 11th year? Now? Like, get out of here. I'm not interested. I don't want to hear this. We heard it last year. Uh, and you know what? And he shot 29% from three. It was terrible. I think around 31% on catch and shoots. Like, come on, guys. Like, we got to stop with this. His free throw percentage went way down. So he, if you look at it in terms of just the shooting side of it, CP kills him on that. The idea of when Harden kicks it out to him after penetrating and he can attack the defense, I think, and, and, and get to the rim, which is something that the Rockets didn't really have a lot of last year after Harden, uh, maybe Eric Gordon to a degree, I think – you know, that that's the value that you're getting from Russ, and that's what you hope you get. There's a couple of caveats to that that I think are are, are are things I'd look at. One, I'm not closing hard 
on Westbrook. You kick it out to Westbrook and he's shooting a three. I'm closing out short, which basically means I'm just going to hang back and I'm playing the drive. I'm going to let him shoot three. And there's going to be games where he's going to be like five for nine from three. And everybody's going to talk about how great of a shoot, how great his shooting is coming around or whatever. But those are few and far between. So I'm willing to take that bet over and over again. And I'm going to stop short on that closeout. So I'm not sure necessarily if I buy all of that. I think it'll help when they stagger the two and they're not on the court at the same time. But in crunch time, they're going to be. And then the other caveat beyond all this is, man, Harden's got to pass the ball. You know, and and he's a very isolation, heavy player, heavy usage guy. And guess what? So is Russ. You know, CP only had a 22% usage, according to basketball reference. And Russ has a 30%. It's probably, and 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 Harden had like a thousand, it felt like last season. So, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting fit. I don't really like it at all. And now you have two non-shooters on the floor when you start games because you're going to have Russ and Capella on the floor, assuming nothing else happens in the next, you know, few weeks uh, or 20 minutes, depending on who you talk to. Uh, it's just I just don't buy. I just don't like this deal at all for Houston. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you you said it perfectly too because Russell Westbrook is I don't even he's just not a good shooter. I like I don't even know how to put it. Last year he was. On wide open threes, thirty two point six percent wide open threes, and then you're talking about short closeouts. Uh, I mean, even if you go hard closeouts, I don't. Is he even guaranteed to finish at the rim anymore? He just bails out of so many drives. His effective field goal percentage on pull up jumpers last year was thirty six. I'm just. I don't know if Houston. We could say that Houston's gonna get him to do more off ball stuff, but one, it hasn't happened with two coaches in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan. And then two, and you can obviously speak to this better than I can being, you know, given your background and everything, that's not even the way the Rockets play. And you just said it about James, like they're not getting all, generating all this off-ball movement off James Harden while he's, while he's in these ISOs. And even if they start trying to do that, that's never been Russell Westbrook's game. And he wasn't even efficient in transition last year. I think he was in like the 30th percentile of efficiency. I'll have to double check that. I just don't. I honestly don't know what the thinking here was, and it's a defensive downgrade still. I know Paul is older, but it's definitely a defensive downgrade, if nothing else. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Uh, forget playing defense. You Between Harden and Westbrook? No, I mean, just forget that. That's out the window as well. Like, I, there's a lot of things wrong with this trade. I get oh, it. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I was so off on Russell Westbrook in transition. He was in the 12th percentile. Of efficiency last year. I'm sorry, I didn't want you to hear me giggling for no reason when I looked that up. Well, we can we can chalk that up to just about as bad as the uh, mistake I made in last pod where I where I had the wrong uh, contract details up. You felt you felt way too bad about that. I'm sure everyone appreciated your apology though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I I like to be perfect. You know, it's hard. Um, but it's just one of those things, man. Like defensively, he's terrible. You know, and and you tear you team him with Harden, and it's just going to be an issue. I, gosh, man, I feel so bad for PJ Tucker having to have to <laughs> bail these guys out now, and and Capella, like it's just going to be rolls to the rim, and I mean, Russ is going to get a steal here and there, but he's going to gamble so many times, and oh, man, I just don't like it. And everybody's going to be like, oh, Houston's going to have a championship contending team now. So I'm like, no, you don't. You're not a championship team. You have two guys like 
I might be way wrong and have to eat crow in a year. But just looking at everything now, I don't even think this team's in like the top four in the West. Yeah, I said one of the tweets I put out was a joke with a caption of Katie talking to James Harden saying this seems like an awful lot of trouble to go to to secure the five seed in the West. Yeah, I mean, it really does. Like, And the funny thing to me is we've been saying this on the pod you know, for a while now. If Houston could have just kept their crap together, they'd probably be fine. Probably would have been a content considered a contender in the playoffs and things like that. You know, they would have had the continuity. Hopefully Chris Paul would have been healthy, which is a I get it, a big if and all that. But if you can manage his minutes and things like that, there's the possibility of that. But now you're coming in and you have to figure out a whole new game plan of how you're gonna play. How are we gonna make this work? D'Antoni, who by the way, still doesn't have a great set of assistant coaches because they fired his assistant coaches and he's on a one-year deal. Not going to get a lot of assistant coaches to jump at the opportunity to get fired in six months. Um, I think you know that's a challenge for him, and he's going to have to figure it out. And he's a smart basketball coach. I love him. I think he has great offensive stuff. But this is hard because it's two stubborn guys now you have. you know, and, and you know what? He's used to it. He's had CP also, who's very stubborn. But Russ plays his way, and Harden plays his way. And I don't think they match at all. And can let's just not forget that they also gave up other stuff, too. It just the the two they're out at least two first round picks. Well, they're out two first round picks, and then those swaps, they're late enough where those could technically become a problem. I saw people on Twitter, look, we romanticize draft picks. I've, I've said that before, but when you're trading them that far out into the future, there's a danger there. And so when you're sort of looking at the first one, the first first round pick that they're going to convey to OKC is in 2024. It's top four protected. That is going to be after the first season of of the last season of James Harden's deal. So James Harden has a player option for 2022-2023. That's the final season of his deal. You still haven't conveyed a first round pick yet to OKC then for this Chris Paul trade. The following season will be the first time you do that. You could still have James Harden on your team. He could still be really good in four, five years down the line, but you can't assume that these are going to be high draft picks that far down the line. So you know it's, what? it's just, it's wild to me. Do you know what that tells me though, Dan? That Darryl tells Morey me. has other uh, jobs that he's looking at. Maybe? He's, he's not planning to be here for, them, <laughs> for when those picks convey. <laughs> That's really kind of what it feels like. I just think this is just, and, and here's the thing we do, we do romanticize picks. But what have we seen in all these trades that have happened where big guys have moved? Picks have been the center of these deals. You know, the Anthony Davis trade. All those picks going to New Orleans. The Paul George trade. All those picks going to uh, o- Oklahoma City. It's That's a currency, you know. And, and for a team like Oklahoma City who... Man, they're not a free agent destination. They got to build through the draft. So va- getting all these picks is a big deal for them. I think this is it's just going to be interesting, man. I think down the road it's going to it's going to hurt, but I don't think it's going to accomplish what they want in real time. You know, I don't think they're that much better with Chris Paul than they were than they're going to be with Russell uh, Russell Westbrook. Man, this is getting a little hard now. Um but I think that's a challenge for them. And I just I just don't get it. I don't like the trade for Houston at all. I do love it for Oklahoma City. 
Yeah, there's uh, really quick to wrap up on Houston. It's I feel bad for Eric Gordon too. You mentioned PJ Tucker, Clint Capella. Will Eric Gordon ever get to dribble again? Is really oh, just no. my question. That's, that's not happening. The for the Thunder, they're just. I mean, when you look at their their pick haul that they've generated now off of this is just I again we we went over it before. It's eight additional first round picks. They're probably going to keep all their own. When you look at you know they have the twenty twenty commitment to Philly via Orlando, but that's top twenty protected. They don't profile as that type of team right now. And then you have these four swaps. And I think what they've done is now they've positioned themselves to get plenty of bites at the apple. And so you can say that, well, some of these picks are going to be bad. You've now positioned yourself to where you're going to have all these cracks to acquire transcendent talent through the draft again. Unless they decide to cash these in and go the win-now move, it doesn't seem like that's anything close to what they're going to be considering. It's just, we, we've we hammered them for the James Harden trade in the past, and I think I think that's fair. But this is just a masterful job by Sam Presti on the fly this summer. Paul George came to you. It's not like Paul George had a ton of leverage, but he comes to you and you orchestrate this coup of a return before it becomes public, at which point, if it became public, his value automatically craters just because when it's known that he wants out. And now the Russell Westbrook stuff, forget forget about the turnaround. I thought this, you know, you said you were watching Stranger Things because you didn't think anything was going to happen tonight. I honestly thought this was something that might drag out. I was pretty sure it was going to get done before the start of the season. Um, but I didn't think this was going to happen within a week of the Paul George stuff. So it's not just the quick turnaround. It's that Russell Westbrook on this contract, is it, he's a net negative. I'm sorry. He's a great yeah. player. He's a net negative. And you just extracted two first round picks and Chris Paul again, bad money. Uh, you could say at this point, but I wouldn't say much worse if at all worse than Westbrook, just because you look at the length of that deal. And if they want to, I'm not saying they would make the playoffs, but Steven Adams, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Chris Paul, Daniel Gallinari, that's an actual start of a rotation in OKC. Yeah, that's a lot of it depends on on CP's health, which obviously we don't know about and we know it's kind of shaky. But the other thing too, and you touched on it, just masterful job by Presty. And I've not been the biggest Presty fan really over the years, but what he got for Paul George and what he turned around to get for Westbrook and to do it relatively quickly is pretty impressive in a week. I mean, he's gotten, it feels like every pick in the draft for the next 30 years. Uh, by the way, on a side note, we're very close to just having a draft where it's just five teams picking for everybody. <laughs> uh, it's, it's getting really kind of comical. Um, and I'm here for it. It'd be pretty funny. But uh, at that point, they should all the teams should just be in one room when they do the draft. It should be like a fantasy football draft. Uh, that, but when you look at it, when you on from the Oklahoma City side, I mean, they got a lot of stuff. And you know, as you said, they could either use these picks down the road, and they may not be necessarily great picks, but they could package them for stuff as well. You know, if they really want to get off CP's contract. They can package some of these picks, you know, and move some of those picks to to get off CP's contract and have a little more space and, and avoid the tax, which is what I think ultimately the ownership wants to do with this team now in the situation that they're in. So I just I'm impressed from what Oklahoma City did. They turned a really bad situation from the moment Paul George requested a trade to 
you know what? We're just going to load up on assets and my God have they. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. And right now, Hardwood Knox podcast listeners can try ShipStation free, free, for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including the United States Post Office, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E, ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. I'm so fascinated to see what they do next, and I think it starts with Chris Paul. Woj said that they tried to find a third team, that Houston wanted to find a third team, but couldn't, and so now they basically leave that up to OKC. Do you think the Thunder turn right around now and try to shop Chris Paul, or or do you think that they might just hold on to him, maybe let this leak out into the regular season and, and see maybe where they lie with this core? I think it really depends on what you have to do to get Chris Paul off your your books if you want to move him. And what Chris Paul wants to, this isn't a great, Chris Paul is one of the losers in this trade. You know, this isn't what he wanted. Uh, it's a difficult situation for him. Uh, but I think, you know, they'll probably, the reports were that they were going to work with Presti, him and his agent, uh, Leon Rose from CAA, to, to try to find a deal for Chris. I think there's a couple of places that I like. Uh, Woj even tweeted that Miami would be interested in in Chris Paul. I kind of like Chris Paul teaming up with Jimmy Butler better than Westbrook teaming up with Jimmy Butler. I think that might be a better fit. I'm not sure what the trade looks like. I know that has a lot to do with the uh, hard cap. I mean, Miami has a lot of work to do in terms of that hard cap situation, but you know, if they want to just throw in Dragic in the deal, I think maybe that works or an, an expiring contracts and maybe they get back one of the, one or two of their picks. I think that might be interesting for Miami. It won't cost them as much as it would have cost them to get Russ. I think earlier there was a tweet where Oklahoma City was asking for two of Hero, Winslow, or uh, who's the other young guy they have? Um, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. Bam, Bam Adebayo. It was going to cost them at least two of those three guys. And that was a bit of a steep price for Miami, so I'm sure they balked. And um, that's uh, it, trading for CP is not going to cost that much. You know, uh, it's going to cost a lot money-wise. It's gonna, you're going to be in the tax for sure. But I think this is I, – I don't think – he finishes the season as a Thunder. I'm, he might start the season on the Thunder. You know, it might be a situation where teams want to see where they're at before they make a move. Um, and, and if you're Miami, 
maybe do you think let's wait two years and and clear our cap space and think Jimmy Butler can be enough of a draw to bring another star in? You know, that's going to be a dynamite class. That 2021 class is shaping up to be. Uh, But God, man, I I have no idea what they're going to do with CP. But like you said, even if they bring CP in, pretty, I mean, it's a decent rotation. They're in the middle of, they'd be like, fighting for an 8-7 seed in the West. I, I I wouldn't have them any higher than that, but they certainly wouldn't be one of the worst teams. I mean, Phoenix, you know, owns that territory. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the I think at this point you almost have to wait unless it's going to be the Heat because I can't say you removed a point guard suitor from the market right now. Because we didn't know that Houston was necessarily in the market for a point guard. It's just that beyond Miami, you look at these other teams that might be able to talk themselves into Chris Paul, they have to wait until December 15th for these really to become an option when you look at some of their salary matching tools. You know, if Denver wanted to get weird or Dallas, they could. I don't know why Denver would want Chris Paul on that team. Dallas, if you're getting off both Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee, I mean, maybe, but you've traded how many distant future first round picks too, as of right now to the Knicks. Would the Pistons get involved in a CP3 trade if they were interested in Russell Westbrook? Maybe, but you're not going to reunite Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. Though I said the same thing about Austin Rivers and Chris Paul. It's I'm going to go. I'm going to go further. They're not going to reunite. Yeah. So and like the the Knicks. You know, look, people are going to laugh at that. They're they're still the Knicks until they prove otherwise. They're still the Knicks, and maybe they're going to get um, they're going to be seduced into going after another star. But that's a team that would need to wait to December. 15th and maybe there's other suitors that like Phoenix would be another team to watch they just signed Kelly Oubre Jr. to that two-year deal wait for Ricky Rubio's deal out to be eligible to be traded they'll have another salary fodder with Frank Kaminsky who makes like five million bucks or something it all kind of amounts to something I think almost at this point unless the destination is Miami since we're since you just ruled out Detroit and I completely agree with you I almost feel like you have to wait now until the middle of the right I don't know who's gonna does Orlando come in and look at this, maybe. I'm just wondering, do any destinations aside from Miami kind of stand out to you as potential Chris Paul landing spots? No, and I don't think the Knicks are going to be one of those teams. I think they weren't interested in Russ. I don't see them chasing Chris Paul. We've talked about it before. They're trying to keep the powder dry for 2021. I I would, I'm not going to say absolutely it's never going to happen, but I would be absolutely shocked if, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul teamed up in Detroit and let alone that brought back Reggie Jackson back to Oklahoma city, which is also well, yeah, so by extension, you then did remove almost a point guard suitor from the market because now Detroit just doesn't make any sense. I yeah. forgot about the Reggie Jackson, OKC stuff. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I just can't see that working at all. Maybe at some point Phoenix gets crazy, but like you said, if you're going to make a move now, it's probably going to be Miami. I, I mean, it, it could be a surprise team. Somebody, something had come out of nowhere. Uh, we, we can't rule those things out. Maybe, I don't know, Toronto gets crazy. The problem is just he has so many years left on his deal that right. it, it's hard to project. Where, what would you do? Um, I know some people kind of floated around a buyout. Look, dude, the guy's owed $124 million guaranteed. If he's going to get a buyout, it's going to be for $124 million. He's not taking less. You know, and I don't blame him. And if I was in his shoes, I'd do the same thing. And so would everybody else who's listening. So don't anybody come at me with that one. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't buy this being a uh, 
I mean, it, 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 I, I, I'm flabbergasted, Dan. I don't know where else he could go. I think Miami's a good place for him. I think it'd be a pretty good fit for him. I think it'd be a good opportunity for the the Heat. It's just a question of what do they want to do. Uh, I know Dwayne Wade's kind of in the background there a little bit, and he is boys with Chris Paul, so he might be chirping a little bit into Pat Riley's ear saying, like, you you might want to go take a look at him. So it's going to be a – I mean, this isn't going to be the last of it. I bet we have another breaking news podcast. What about the Spurs? People try to talk themselves into saying San Antonio should go after Westbrook. Chris Paul makes a ton more sense for them than Russell Westbrook ever would. Well, you know the funny thing about, like, Chris Paul's always going to make more sense than Westbrook in most positions. Because <laughs> Westbrook's – and it has nothing to do with – Westbrook's a great player. Westbrook's never been a second option. Even when he had KD. I mean, that's part of the reason why Durant left. Right was like Westbrook dominates the ball wherever he goes. Now it's going to be a lot of fun watching him and uh, James Harden sort of do the Will Smith uh, Carlton thing uh, for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air fans out there, where they fight for the ball in a pos- every possession. But you know, it'd be interesting. I don't see the Spurs making that move. I think they're pretty happy with the young guy slowly running it back. I'm not sure what they'd give up. I mean, are you thinking like a DeRozan trade or yeah, DeRozan and filler and. You know, if you have to give up, I wouldn't give up Murray in that deal, but if you have to give up one of the young kids or even maybe to pick or something, I I would consider it. DeRozan is probably going to be an expiring contract. I think he opts out when you look at that free agent class next year, unless there's really just no cap space out there. So I don't, I think OKC could treat him like that, or maybe then you look at moving him to a third team. I don't know what his market would look like. If you could get him without giving up a Murray, without giving up a Derek White, I probably wouldn't want to give up Lonnie Walker at this point. That's And, you know, they're treating this, at least per reports, like Chris Paul's deals this albatross. And I'm not, look, I don't disagree, but Woj mentioned Miami and said OKC now has the picks to facilitate a deal if necessary. And I'm just, is Chris Paul at three years and $124.1 million that much worse of an investment than Russell Westbrook at four years and 171 million. I'm honestly asking because I can't, if, if Houston gave up value to OKC for Russell Westbrook, I'm just, it's so tough for me to wrap my head around. I know Chris Paul is 34. Maybe this deal is more about the fact that the Thunder weren't getting immediate cap relief, but still they, it, you look at those contracts then as lateral move, but Houston sent back all this other stuff. I'm just, I, I, that's my, that's my question to you is Chris Paul with the three years left on his deal, that much worse of a contract than Russell Westbrook's four year agreement. No, I think we're actually reaching a point <laughs> that Chris Paul is getting underrated, which is kind of absurd. Uh, like just going through his numbers from last season, although he played, he only played 58 games, you know, shot almost 36% from three, 15.6 points a night. 8.2 assists with 2.6 turnovers. Those are pretty damn good numbers. And almost five rebounds from your your small guard, effective field goal percentage of 50.8. Like, you know, I, I think we're at the point where he's he, he is underrated. You do have to start managing his minutes. But on the flip side, too, to go back to what you said, Dan, you might have to start doing that with Russ. I mean, he, he's always got this knee problem and things like that. And maybe this will be a little bit easier for him letting Harden kind of take the, the lead more often than not. But 
I just don't, I don't think it's that big of an albatross. I do think if you're Miami, you're, if you're trading for Chris Paul, you're asking for your picks back. If you're Miami, you're asking for picks back. Yeah. I mean, and let's be honest, the Thunder can give them five and still have 35 more picks <laughs> to go. I mean, you, what's funny is like, I think starting 2022, they will essentially have two picks in every draft for like the next six years. That's their, a lot. Their pick commitments are just, are absolutely wild. And I guess if you look at it as you give up, if it takes a pick to get rid of Chris Paul, you're still a net positive just looking at the Russell Westbrook stuff because you got, uh, you know, two swaps and then another pick left. I'm just, if Miami ends up getting Chris Paul while getting a pick back, I, I get, I'm just, I'm of the mind, maybe the availability thing. You met Russell Westbrook has concerns too. I'm still just trying to wrap my head around the fact that you get value for Russell Westbrook, but it's going to take a pick or two or something to grease the wheels of a Chris Paul trade. I'm I'm just not entirely convinced. And I thought that Westbrook was going to be moved basically as a, a cap relief uh, in a cap relief deal. And maybe the Thunder got a young player or a pick. And per, again, the inclusion of Chris Paul changes so much because it's not immediate cap relief, but right. it's, I'm so, I'm so curious to see what ends up. I don't think he's going to finish the season in OKC. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm just now genuinely curious to see with Westbrook. I was always of the mind, oh, they're not going to have to give up anything to grease the wheels of a trade. I'm actually genuinely curious now just with the impressions we're getting from plugged in reporters of whether that's going to have to be the case for the Thunder when they reroute Chris Paul. Well, I mean, you, you got to look at it, too. He's also three years older than Westbrook. Like it, he didn't have a, a great year in terms of health. Like there is going to be some caveats to that. I mean, there is a risk of you getting Chris Paul and that's dead money at some point. Um, right. I mean, it does take him through his age 36 season, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to you got to kind of account for that. I think, you know, I I'm of the point where at, we're at the situation with Chris Paul where he's really only a 30 minute a game player. And I think he could be fantastic in those 30 minutes. But we're not at the point where you can really push him to 35, 36, 37. Uh, I think it gets harder in the playoffs in that situation as well. So, you know, that's where I think you got to grease the wheels a little bit more with Chris. Uh, Even though I think, like I said, he's going to be a better fit in most places than Westbrook would have been. Now, if it does work out in Houston with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, if if the Rockets exceed – expectations and they actually do have a higher ceiling with Westbrook what has happened to make that possible is there any because we're both so low on this I'm trying to play the other side of the fence is there any conceivable plausible scenario in which you actually see this working out for them or what would have to go right for it to work out for them well I think Russ I mean obviously Russ would have to shoot better from three not not, not, that's it not astronomically but like you know if he can just be at the 33 34 percent level which is still high considering he was at 29 last year where i think this can really go if they're gonna make it work it's really attacking the second side you know and i think that's when harden comes off a screen he can't sit there and isolate the whole time he's got to come off that ball screen a lot earlier and when the defense rotates kicks it out to russ and although i was saying like you got to do the short closeout situation and things like that on defense. It might be harder for Russ to get to the rim, but I think when a defense is moving there, there might be opportunities for, for Russ to kind of attack and flip it around. 
start the ball in Russ's hand to start the possession. And when he comes off a screen, having him attack, having him kick out to Harden and having Harden attack, you know, the rotating defense. Now we're talking and that's really different. But this is going to take work on both ends. You know, we know Westbrook loves his triple doubles. He's not going to average a triple double next year. I'm willing to bet that. I just don't think he's going to have the ball in his hands. And neither Harden's not going to have as many triple doubles as he had last year because he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much either. But if they can find a balance to make it work and work with each other and and work with D'Antoni, they'll have a shot. I'm very skeptical of that altogether. I think that whole vibe is just going to be weird next season. And I, I'm just shaking my head, man. I just think it was a really bad trade on uh, Houston's part. There's this nugget, too, that Kevin Pelton wrote about in his grades for ESPN. Westbrook has actually taken catch-and-shoot three-pointers more frequently than Paul over the past three seasons. However, explanation point. That's me adding that in. Paul has hit his catch-and-shoot threes during that time at a 45% clip compared to 33% for Westbrook. That is a monstrous drop-off. That's huge. I mean, it's huge. The also, thing while is- we're at it, poor Mike D'Antoni. We lamented Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, Peter oh. Tucker. Mike D'Antoni already on the lame duck contract right now. That's Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I mean, the thing is, the, the the catch and shoot stuff, you know, the thing about Russ is, it's not that he won't shoot either. He'll shoot them. He just won't make them. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's he, he's a non-shot maker. Um, and I think that's kind of the problem. And, and that's the difference. When at least Harden kicked it out to Chris, Chris can hit that shot. You know, and and teams are not going to rush out to Westbrook the same way they did Chris Paul. And if they did, it should be a fine. You know, the coach should find that guy, you know, whatever, 20 bucks or whatever they want to find him. 20 bucks means nothing to these guys anymore. A hundred bucks. But the there should be some sort of thing where they're just they're not going to go at him that way. It's it's really just the spacing on the court. It just gets harder now. And it might even impact. This will be my final question on this because unless you have another element of this trade, I feel like we have kind of talked it to death. Is is Houston done here? Because I feel like, as you mentioned, with the impact it's going to have on their offensive spacing, you kind of neuter Clint Capella a little bit. Just I don't know what his roles to the basket look like now if defenses are just going to have, you know, it. I feel like it got easier to double-team James Harden already, and now it's even easier, and then now it's just going to be even easier um, to not sort of be so vulnerable around the rim or in, or in those pick and roll lanes. Well, I mean, you can just easily put Russ's guy to tag the, the rolling Capella, you know, and almost have, you know, three guys versus two on that situation and rotate to Russ. And like I said, short rotate to Russ and just rotate behind it. It got very technical what I just said. And I apologize if you guys can't envision that that's just, me being an idiot. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it just gets so tough in that situation. I won't be shocked if they're not done. And if at some point they move Capella for a shooting big, cause then that changes the equation a little bit, having a big that can pop and, and, and also roll at the same time makes things a little more difficult for the defense. And now you have another shooter on the court and makes up for the fact that Russ isn't a shooter. So that's that would be something I wouldn't be shocked about. 
but I just don't know what's out there. I don't know what big you could find in that market. Yeah, and it's you can't typically whether we're talking about sweet shooting bigs or or wings, you don't flip these rim running bigs on their second contracts, no less for wings or or just better floor spacing. Those aren't deals that typically happen now. Yeah, it's just man, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch Houston play now. You have anything else to add to this? It feels like it feels like just one of those trades where immediately after you can't help but run around in circles and that we're going to be feeling, seeing, comprehending the ramifications of this for, for the next few months. Yeah, I mean, maybe a week from now I, when I sit back, you know, when I can sit back and just look at it over a week and go like, okay, maybe I'll be more positive about it for Houston. I apologize, Houston fans, for being negative about it. But I just, right now, I just don't see it. I just think this is a bad trade for them. I think OKC made out like bandits with the all the draft picks, uh, and we'll see what they get for Chris Paul. I think we're both in agreement that they'll try to move Chris, you know, at some point here. But man, yeah, I got nothing else, Dan. Sorry. Uh, both in agreement, though. Chris Paul does not finish the season in OKC. Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised. Well, everyone, that'll. Do it for us. Um, I feel like Mo was correct when he said we're going to have to have at least another one of these in the the semi-short term of these emergency pods. In the meantime, though, just, again, be sure to follow the show on on Hardwood Knox, at Hardwood Knox. Make sure you're following Mo at Mo DeKeel underscore MBA, M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore MBA. I'm at Dan Favale, F-A-V-A-L-E. Andy is at Andrew D. Bailey. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Until next time, I leave you with a shout-out to the one, the only, the legendary Kyle Anderson. My man Jalen Brunson, I see you, brother. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.